173 of Shaped by the Word. We're in our third season together as uh, we read through Scripture to uh, discern its story and to enter into its story. And uh, we're doing the story of the prophets. I'm Paul here with Cindy, uh, David, and Matt, who just prayed yesterday for our Sunday services. And there is nothing wrong with doing that on <laughs> Thursday rather than on Friday. Uh, but we will uh, also remind you that you have a reading from the Psalms on the weekend. And we hope to see you on Sunday, as Matt has already prayed for. So we won't need to it's repeat covered. that prayer. And, and, uh, uh, we come to, uh, we come to uh, uh, you know, a... a Definitive scene in in the book of Jeremiah, uh, where you know the final king of Israel, you know, turns to Jeremiah to see if the Lord might do anything, you know, for him. Uh, he doesn't turn to him in repentance. He just turns to him, you know, in, in kind of desperation. And, and of course, the Lord's answer is 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 absolutely not uh, that everything that I've prophesied, you know, will come to pass and it will be, you know, devastating to you. So as we come to 21, we hear a sad note. It's been years in the making. Israel has wandered far from the heart of God. Their kings are everything, but, you know, shepherds after God's own heart. And finally, the judgment has come. Yesterday, they named for the first time the enemy that's been looming in the back you know, of Babylon. And here they will uh, mention the king, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, who will be the instrument in God's hand for the judgment uh, of Judah. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we read, as always, uh, we... Uh, we offer ourselves, you know, to, to the Lord to hear, you know, His words of comfort and to hear His words of warning. And uh, this is certainly a word of warning to Israel and, and by extension to us, you know, as Paul said, on whom the fulfillment of the ages you know, have, have come. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your word. We thank You uh, for a very human and at times a very ugly story that reminds us of our brokenness of sin and our need for a Savior and how far our hearts are prone to wander from the God who has loved us and shaped us and has given us all good things through creation and in redemption. As we read, may we be warned, and as we're warned, may our hearts turn uh, toward the living God. And as our hearts are turned toward Him, may we receive life. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Uh, the word came to Jeremiah. Uh, we're reading in Jeremiah 21. Uh, the word came to Jeremiah, the Lord, when King Zedekiah sent to him Pashur, son of Malchijah, the priest Zephaniah, the son of Maaseiah. And they said, Inquire now of the Lord for us, because Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, is attacking us. Perhaps the Lord will perform wonders for us, as in times past, so that he will withdraw from us. But Jeremiah answered them, Tell Zedekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I'm about to turn against you the weapons of war that are in your hands, which you are using to fight against the king of Babylon and the Babylonians who are outside the wall and besieging you. And I'll gather them inside the city. I myself will fight against you with an outstretched hand and a mighty arm in furious anger and in great wrath. I will strike down those who live in this city, both man and beast, and they will die of a terrible plague. After that, declares the Lord, I will give Zedekiah, king of Judah, his officials and the people in this city who survived the plague, sword and famine, into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and to their enemies who want to kill them. He will put them to the sword. He will show them no mercy or pity or compassion. Furthermore, tell the people, this is what the Lord says. See, I'm setting before you the way of life 
and the way of death. Whoever stays in this city will die by the sword, famine, or plague, but whoever goes out and surrenders to the Babylonians who are besieging you will live. They will escape with their lives. I've determined to do this city harm and not good, declares the Lord. It will be given to the hands of the king of Babylon, and he will destroy it with fire. Moreover, say to the royal house of Judah, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says to you, house of David, minister justice every morning. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor, the one who has been robbed, or my wrath will break out and burn like fire because of the evil you've done. Burn with no one to quench it. I'm against you, Jerusalem, you who live in this valley on the rocky plateau, declares the Lord. You who say, who can come against us? Who can enter our refuge? I'll punish you as your deeds deserve, declares the Lord. I will kindle a fire in your forest that will consume everything around you. Uh, this is, a, you know, the sad history, you know, of, a, you know, of the end of Judah. You know, there, there's a, you know, a line of kings here toward the end and, of course, one of them was, you know, Hezekiah, who's serving, you know, hand in hand with Hoshea, you know, in the northern kingdom. You know, Hoshea relies on his, you know, on his alliances and he falls, you know, to Assyria. Hezekiah turns in the Lord and the nation turns to the Lord in revival and uh, the Lord repels the mighty armies of Assyria. And so that's what Zedekiah, you know, has in mind. He's a great, great grandson. Hezekiah's, you know, son was Manasseh, the worst king. Manasseh's son was Josiah, perhaps one of the best kings, uh, but his, you know, reforms, you know, short lived. And you know, then we have you know Zedekiah, who is is, is the final king, whose heart, mm-hmm. you know, as hard as can be. And he's saying, perhaps you know, God will do what He did in the time of Hezekiah. But the reason He responded to Hezekiah was because they turned back to the Lord. So uh, Zedekiah wants uh, the Lord's faithfulness without mm-hmm. rendering His faithfulness, you know, to the Lord. And the Lord says, uh, "No thanks on that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to bring about." on you the things i've been warning for hundreds of years and it'll take place and finally they've run their course and, and they will take place and as we jokingly say i'm so glad that doesn't happen today you know <laughs> that that we would presume on the lord and that yeah. we expect him and his blessing and everything to go well for us even though we've yet to give him our lives let alone our hearts or return to him and, and turn to him in repentance and humility. And, and so it is such a, I find myself all the time presuming upon the Lord yeah. for everything to go well when at times my heart is, is far from him. You know, Paul you know, said toward the end of his life, you know, in his nice little hymn that he is, you know, he, he is, even if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. And certainly, you know, his, his faithfulness to us is never in measure of our faithfulness to him. But there's a time we, we become presumptuous where we could care less about who he is, that we're as indifferent to who he is as we possibly can be, unless we find ourselves in distress, unless we find ourselves, you know, in a hard place. And then we, you know, we run to him with a sense of entitlement. And Israel has done that, you know, one time too many. And, uh, you know, this has come to the end, you know, where indeed he will, you know, he will administer the justice. And anyway, he says, I will kinder a fire in you. You know, he said, I will punish you in verse 14, as your deeds deserve. You know, this is what you've brought upon yourself. Mm-hmm. This is the second time we've seen that phrase just in our reading this week that I will punish you as your deeds deserve. And you think of, 
you know, maybe some of the great, you know, confessions is do not repay us as our deeds deserve. You know, we, we know what our mm-hmm. deeds deserve and maybe we don't know enough of what our deeds deserve, you know, but, yeah. but the, the, the plea for us and the cry of us is, you know, Lord, do not punish us as our deeds deserve. And, um, because we know that, that our hearts are sinful and, and even in this passage, one of the things that stood out to me is, is thinking about how Israel and Judah's viewed God as, you know, this God who has fought for them. And they even say, you know, who will come against us, you know, because our God is, you know, the one who fights. And yet now this warrior God, if you will, who fought on behalf of his people, rescued them out of Egypt, will be the very God who fights against them. Um, you know, what a great, a great reversal. No, this is what we've seen in Joshua. I will fight for you with an outstretched arm. And then right. we hear the reversal of mm-hmm. it. I will fight against you with an outstretched arm mm-hmm. and the full venting of my wrath. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and of course, our hope you know, is that the, his wrath must be fully vented uh, because he is a just God and our sins deserve punishment. But mm-hmm. uh, his wrath has been poured out. Yeah. on the son that he loves the one who knew no sin so that we you know could experience his righteousness and so uh so we can uh, you know we will walk in front of him not being treated as our sins deserved or repaid according to our iniquities but mm-hmm. we've received the righteousness of christ yeah. and those are the great you know images of the exodus you know that god says i i will you know, rescue with outstretched hand you know you mm-hmm. will know my mighty arm you know and, and even the plagues you know the, the terrible plagues come and you almost get this reversal of the exodus. You know, I brought you out, but I will take you out. You know, mm-hmm. which uh, the plagues, rather than being on your enemies, they mm-hmm. are now on you, yeah. and uh, you will experience them in the hands of an ungodly people. And, and there, there's a you know kind of irony, you know, there, you know, that God brings in and bringing in Nebuchadnezzar, who who will, you know, if it, when we read through, you know, Daniel will be. You know, one who is humbled and, and one who, you know, shows far more sensitivity to the things of God than even, you know, the nation of Judah has shown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God gives them a choice. We see that in 8. He says, you know, I'm setting before you the way of life and the way of death. And so you can stay in the city and you can fight in your own strength um, and die. <laughs> or you can surrender um, and live. And so I... I Continues well, to. Yeah, even that's very ironic because mm-hmm. it goes back to Deuteronomy, you know, yeah. 39. I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing here. Uh, but to where Moses, you know, is talking to the people, see, I've set before you the way of life and the way of death. Mm-hmm. And, and the way of life, in, you know, in that particular instance is to walk in obedience with the Lord and live on the abundance of the land. Uh, the way of life here is to surrender and be imprisoned. Mm-hmm. In other words, you, your hope was to enjoy the abundance of the land and the fullness of God's grace in, in your life. Now you, your hope is simply to surrender, to be removed from the land, mm-hmm. and, and to walk in humble obedience in, in a much more dire, you know, situation. Well, you know, mm-hmm. that's obvious. Uh, you know, yeah. the dire situation in the worst of circumstances. So the way of life is not nearly as hopeful as what they were originally offered than him. Mm-hmm. But there is to come, you know, a way of of life that does come through surrender to Christ that does offer so much more than the surrender mm-hmm. here, um, as we'll see as the story kind of goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we're putting a little Jesus nugget there. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's perfect. <laughs> exactly. And there is there is a surrender, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, to His will and to His purposes that does mm-hmm. and does bring life. And of course, that that will even be true for some in exile. 
Yes. Uh, they will experience, you know, God's uh, abundance as, you know, Jeremiah will later call them to seek the prosperity of the city, to settle it down, to build houses, to be married there, and, and to even in the moment of judgment to find mm-hmm. God's, you know, find God's grace, which uh, will be true for those mm-hmm. who are faithful, you know, to him. And, and of course, I'm not so hopeful for those who resist him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's actually, you know, Zedekiah is actually calling on the people to fight, and Jeremiah says, "No, surrender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time <laughs> to lay it down because <laughs> uh, it's going to get ugly." Yes. Uh, from here, Matt, once, we're going to give you one more chance to close out the week. <laughs> right, you close, you closed it out so well yesterday. <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you close out for us one more time? That's right. Uh, that's great. <laughs> Father, we do thank you for the grace we have in Christ. Thank you for the the second Exodus. Uh, thank you for the the coming of. Christ Jesus, who lived the life we could never live, died the death we deserve, and is now resurrected and um, ruling and reigning at your right hand. And so, Father, we we entrust ourselves um, to you. We we look forward to Sunday. We look forward to the weekend, um, where we will gather with the the people you have redeemed and and worship you um, and celebrate all that you have done and are doing. Um, and, and so, Father, be with us. Be with us in our in our gatherings. Um, Father, would you prepare our hearts even now to receive um, all that you have in store for us? Uh, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the ways that it convicts us, encourages us, comforts us, and builds us up. Uh, Father, we pray that that all this would be true um, for the for your glory, for our joy. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.